WGR Sports Radio 550. It's time to take a look inside high school sports. Now, here's your host, Tony Caligiri. Brought to you by Mighty Taco. Mighty Taco would go great right about now. By Minio and Sapio Italian Sausage. Taste the difference quality makes. And by Dent Neurologic Institute. Developing solutions to neurological problems faced in our community. Good morning. Welcome to Inside High School Sports. I'm your host, Tony Caligiuri, along with Roger Weiss, our resident troublemaker. We have uh, Francis Beck and Tom Prince from WNY Athletics. Frank is off this morning. A lot to talk about this morning. We're going to get into, uh, you're not going to believe this, we're going to talk about curling a little bit. We also have uh, Tyler Dottie, Trench Trophy winner. We're going to talk to him a little bit. Uh, big congratulations uh, to him. We have a couple of topics that we're going to get into a little bit later on in the program. Good morning, gentlemen. Morning, y'all. Good morning. Nah, I can't start my day unless I hear that. Uh, curling. Cur- no, not that. Pressing. No, 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 no. Think Olympics. Think Winter Olympics. Think ice. Think Canada. Oh, Canada. Oh, no, boy, don't think singing. that much about it. <laughs> you, had, you had to get him started right in the beginning. I'm sorry. Well, that's why I call him the resident <laughs> troublemaker. Gee, uh, maybe if it, uh, it finally hits me, I guess you could probably say you'll have swept me off my feet. <laughs> oh. Oh. I guess you know. Oh, come on. Oh, come on, DK. I don't need thumbs down from you. <laughs> that was terrible. All right, guys. Uh, news and notes uh, to start off the program. Frank. Francis, you win the toss you've elected to receive. All right, so I have some hockey news for the boys. Iroquois Alden made history last night playing their first game in program history. Unfortunately, it ended in a 3-1 loss to the Lumberjacks, but congrats to that program. And in girls hockey, Emma Faso this week became the fourth all-time leading scorer in girls' fed history. She now has 120 points in 60 games. Why does it seem like she's been playing forever? I don't know, just, but uh, <laughs> congratulations, I mean, outstanding uh, young lady. Uh, let's see, anything else, buddy? Uh, no, I think Roger. Roger's going to take the next one. Well, no, a couple things in girls basketball. Uh, Cardinal O'Hara did something they haven't done in what, two or three years? I think they said 2013, I read. They, haven't, uh, they finally lost a girls basketball game to a Section 6 slash Western New York team. For the first time since, like you said, 2013. I don't know if it's that far. That's eight years. That's a stretch. But uh, it's pretty close. And, uh, wow, Amherst, they're for real. I know it's a little early to be talking about girls' basketball, but people are already talking about there'll be two games this year between uh, Amherst and uh, Will South, A2 team versus an A1 team. I just found the tweet from Patrick Nagy of the B. O'Hara had not lost to a Western New York team since losing to Sacred Heart in the 2013 Monsignor Martin Final. That was a span of 89 games. Wow. wow. It's been that long. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys heard the news. I guess uh, in uh, North Tonawanda, they let their uh, athletic director go, so they're going to go in a, another direction. I heard that last night at the... We heard that at the dinner last night, Section 6 Hall of Fame dinner. And then uh, my one announcement would be exactly what uh, Roger just brought up there. We were at the Section 6 Hall of Fame induction ceremony last night, and uh, their class that they inducted was um, Charles Ammo, Matt Anderson, the volleyball player, Mm -hmm. 
Fred Barone, Richard Bartha, Mary uh, Brines Foyle, Armand Cacciatore, Mary Dembro, Jim Horn, Terrence McMahon, Todd Miller, Tim Nobles, and David Thomas were all elected last night into the Hall of Fame. Congratulations to them. Anthony, I'll- quickly on that other girls basketball thing, I'm waiting to hear from uh, Dan Sillig at the Pew. But uh, they won a game last night, and if my uh, program from a year ago is accurate, the girl scored 39 points last night with eight threes. A year ago on the program, she was only a 5'1", 7th grader. Huh? Wow. <laughs> Who does she think she is, Danielle Haskell? I mean, come on. <laughs> so I believe if I got it right, her name is Kay- Kayla Kristoff. And like I say, I'm waiting. If I'm wrong, I will correct it before we go off the air. I'm waiting to hear from one of my sources at the Pew. A big basketball game last night. Park beat Niagara Falls and what was billed to be one of the biggest matchups of the year. Uh, Park uh, won that one running away. So uh, Looking you know. forward to those slam dunk contests with Hutchins. Yeah, that you can, is worth the price of admission. As Senate Court would say, hashtag boom. <laughs> That's about it. And uh, uh, wrestling news, Niagara Wheatfield off to a blistering start, so uh, congratulations to them. All right, let's get going in on our program. Uh, Rich Winitowski from uh, Lancaster High School, who, Raj, we've known since when we did the uh, Lancaster you don't football. Have to mention how far back I'm older. I'm not mentioning the years. I'm not mentioning. Make me older than I already am. It was. Uh, it, we'll just say it was a few years ago. But uh, we got to know Rich from uh, broadcasting Lancaster football and basketball games. And uh, Marie Nowak is uh, joining him. We're going to talk about curling. Well, I just reminded Rich of when Conrad Walters was uh, head coach of Lancaster. What's uh, he's about what six four, six five? Actually, Conrad's around six seven, so he's a pretty six big seven. Boy. Yep. All right, so picture this. Now it was two on two basketball, right? And it was a teachers' league. Correct. Yeah, it was actually it was a three on three league. Oh, but, three on uh, three. Again, it was a it was a teachers' league. So no matter who was the third man. You guys really didn't need him because he'd be like you know tattoo from uh, Fantasy Island compared to this. Rich is only six foot ten, so you can imagine the slight advantage that he and Conrad had. Was it just basically alley oop every yeah, play? Yeah, it was great. We got to take turns playing guard, something we never got to do. So <laughs> yeah. the chance for us to jack up some uh, some jump shots, so it worked out well. So it was a good time. And plus, I used to love watching you warm up uh, before the teams even came out onto the court. Yeah, like, I try to give uh, Lancaster a little edge, try to intimidate the other team, make them think everybody's my height at uh, Lancaster. But, uh, yeah, it was a good time. It was and good I, days. It was funny because, you know, this year it seems like a lot of memory going down memory lanes about that time during then. Uh, and I was talking with uh, one of the officials, uh, Mark Campbell, who did games back then, and we talked about when, uh, you know, Rob Gronkowski was there for Will North and how he would just, you know, sit around and chat with us before the games, just the nicest kid in the world, and how funny he was during a game. You you know, he'd get like a hundred fouls, and he just shrug his, whole, his shoulders, like, "Who me?" <laughs> yeah, Robbie's uh, Robbie's Robbie. Yeah, I mean, he always he was, much, always so. will be. Great guy, yeah, great kid. Now you approached, you sent me an email this week, and then uh, we had a conversation, and you have started up a curling club at Lancaster. And you have, what, about 25, 26 kids right around there involved? Yeah. Uh, so basically, I got board approval last year to start a club. Um, so this was our first year in existence. And uh, we had 22 kids uh, sign up. 
And uh, basically what we do is we decided as a group what would work best for us as far as frequency, how often we curl. So we decided every other week would be best for us. That's what our kids decided. Like I said, we had 22 kids uh, twenty-two kids in our club. On any given Tuesday, the numbers vary. Some days are a little lighter than others, but some days, you know, we get a pretty good turnout. So uh, we've been doing that since... Uh, say mid-October is when the first time we hit the ice. So, uh, yeah, we're off and running. It's a co-ed team. Um, We decided to do it as a co-ed activity because uh, unlike other sports, um, you know, and maybe Marie can talk a little bit about this, I haven't seen an advantage or a disadvantage of being male or female in the sport similar to bowling. I mean, if you're good, you're good. You know, you don't have to be the strongest or the fastest. Well, I was just going to say that. It's not based on (laughs) speed. It's not based on strength. So, Marie, are you teaching Rich about the game? So, yeah, we have instructors. Uh, the Buffalo Curling Club is the host for the Lancaster uh, team. So um, we have people at the club who have been curling for, you know, close to 20 years, have had training from the United States Curling Association, and they are the people who are providing instruction to the students. Now, most I've I, only been curling for four years, so me personally, no. <laughs> I would imagine the Olympics is the big exposure and what gets kids Olymp- uh, uh, interested in this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, during winter Olympic seasons, I mean, things tend to peak, especially with the success of the, the United States men's curling team winning gold medalists this past winter Olympics. So, again, um, you know, in is from what I've seen, I mean, the sport's growing in popularity. I know when I go to the club, um, I know the adult leagues are becoming more and more popular, and I know ice time's Correct. getting, yeah. you know, a little more difficult to come by. But um, in talking to people from Buffalo Curling Club, they were, you know, very accommodating to us. Um, they're interested in growing the sport, getting young people involved. So uh, it was kind of like a, a pretty good marriage, you know, when I, I posed the idea to them. They were very accepting and, like I said, very gracious, and they've been wonderful to work with teaching our kids the sport. Now, can you? Uh, is this something you could set up at any rink, at any hockey rink, or do you need special? To- no. So the thing of it is, is our club actually started on a hockey rink, but it, the ice surface is completely different than a hockey rink surface. Um, first of all, you need you know the the actual rink. You need the sheet, the houses, you know that lo- what looks like the targets at both ends of the ice. You need that painted onto the ice surface. Oh, okay. Um, so a hockey rink is long enough, but a Zamboni it doesn't provide the surface that you need to curl. We, you know, our ice is built specifically for curling, and we use completely different equipment to treat the ice. So if you were to come out and look at our ice surface, it it has a different feel and texture to it oh, wow. than actual um, hockey ice, and so. That's the, you know, that's the one advantage of curling in our facility because it's indoors, the climate is controlled. Believe it or not, things like humidity and ice temperature have a dramatic effect on how fast or slow the stone goes down the ice. I can see that. And so, you know, when you're playing outdoors, specifically like at Riverworks or something, you might have a lake effect snow and you've got little bits of snow coming on the ice. That just does not work for curling. Um so in western New York, here in the Buffalo area, um, we are the only indoor uh, curling facility with the actual, um, you know, Olympic-length sheets and ice surface. Now, I, I don't mean this to sound like a stupid question because I don't know much about it, but is the broom, standard broom that you would get at any hardware store? Or? No, <laughs> That's different too. Back in the day, you know, when when the when the sport first started, I'm talking. That's when they would use like a corn broom, 
But now it's, it's, you know, just like any sport, technology has taken over and there's fiberglass shafts and special fabric and um, for the broom head. But we have all that at the club. So these students, the, the nice part is when we team with a school district like Lancaster, we have all the brooms there. Um, nobody has to come. Nobody has to put out money to buy the broom. Um, we provide the broom. Um, we provide the rocks. So it's for, for, for very little cost. We, That's what we I was... provide the equipment. All all the school district has to do is show up. Right. You know? That's what I was gonna I yeah. was leading into is you know, it would seem like that uh that this is very affordable for uh, young kids to get involved in. Um Anthony, I do yeah. have to ask though, with the cost of <clears throat> excuse me, softball bats and hockey sticks, if I decided I wanted to buy my own broom, what are we talking dollar wise? Uh you can go anywhere from fifty dollars for your average broom for me. You know, and if you want to get the same kind of broom that the Olympic people used, you know, then you're in the two hundred or three hundred dollar range. Yikes! Yikes! But uh, you know, I thought I'd at least bring that up just for that reason. You can find used ones on eBay. You know, it's uh, you you know, if you really want your own equipment, you can you can do that. Um, but in order to just get started and try the sport out, it's all there for you. Now, Rich, you had mentioned that uh, you're starting to. You know, field calls from other schools that are interested in getting in on the club uh, level. Yeah, my ideal vision, Tony, when I when I you know came up with this idea is is I, I ideally I'd love to have a Western New York club league, um, including Lancaster and surrounding schools, similar to kind of how they do with hockey. There's fed hockey and club hockey. Right. Like to kind of run it as a co-ed club sport. That's my ideal goal, my ideal vision. Um, so you know my my reason for coming on here, obviously to catch up with you and say hi besides that was to you know start start getting the word out there that this is this is something that other school districts can do again it's a co-ed sport it's nice because you you know we we personally have a mix of varsity athletes and, and some students who've never participated in a varsity sport or you know the likelihood of playing a varsity sport's pretty slim so it's nice that they can be part of a team and so i'm trying to you know drum up some uh some interest but i have been contacted i know yesterday i received an email from the holland school district uh, which is a very small school district mm-hmm. in the southern tier and i was told they had 20 kid 28 kids sign up now you got to remember holland's a school of only maybe like 300 kids in the high school right the smaller schools in erie county in section six so for them to have 28 kids say they're interested you know is, is kind of exciting i've also been in contact with someone from cleve hill so, uh, you know, I'm, like I said, I just want people to know what's out there, and, you know, I hope they get involved and they can call, uh, you know, call the curling club and, uh, you know, get more information. But like I said, I think it's a, it'd be a kind of a neat sport for schools to hop on board. Sure. The, uh, what's the just, phone number for anybody that um, does want to call the club? I'll give you the, just the, the other thing I'd like to add, too, is we are completely wheelchair handicap accessible and on – in one of our leagues, we have a wheelchair curler. So, awesome. you know, for students who may have special needs, um, it's a sport they can complete in as well. And that, that is that so means cool. A lot to us, um, yeah. You know. So anyway, uh, you can reach us at four six four two eight seven five. Our website is uh, buffalocurlingclub.org, and we also have a Facebook page. Um, so any one of those means, you know, to try and reach out to us, uh, we, we'd be, uh, you know, we'll give uh, any school district, teachers, uh, athletic departments, all the information they need. We can arrange for them to come in to the facility. We'll give them a tour, you know, teach them how to throw a rock down the ice and what's involved with the sport. So 
um, all they got to do is reach out to us and and uh, you know our goal as a as a club is to grow the sport. You know, you got to get the youth involved. Sure. Because you know, I. <laughs> you well, know, at what yeah. age would uh, would you think uh, you know you would take kids? I mean, um, are you open to all ages right now? So so um, what what you know? I don't know how. Yeah, long I mean, you're uh, going. I, I ran this as a high school club. I mean, yeah. our, our our youngest you know members right now are freshmen in high school but certainly from my experience and again we're all going into this blind i mean it's none of us have ever curled before so it's kind of neat we're all kind of learning together but uh, i can't yeah. picture you curling rich the, the, I'm sorry the, the, <laughs> the stones i know I've, I've curled once at uh there's a curling club right over the border in niagara falls niagara falls curling club and i know they had a youth program and the stones are the rocks that you throw how much do they weigh the well they're for in the range of 42 pounds but but you never have to pick up the stone. Right. You know, it's just a sliding, sliding motion. So, you know, even myself, I couldn't lift a stone and throw it. But to push it down the ice is a completely different story. Right. But Rich has yeah. a huge advantage. All he has to do is reach his arm, <laughs> and, the, right. and it's already <laughs> there. He's halfway yeah, there, yeah. The I, would, <clears throat> I was just going to ask, are all the, uh, can I call them brooms? Is it? Yep. Okay. Are all the brooms, the handles, the same length? They are. So, in other words, Tony would be using the same uh, length broom that Rich has to use? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. So, you know, equals the playing field, Anthony. <laughs> but to answer your question, we've had, you know, five-year-olds with their families come in and try it. Um, you know, it's a little difficult for them. In Canada, high school and junior programs are the norm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you'll, you'll if you watch it on TV, they say... You know, Bob has been curling since he's been five years old. Um, they start him young in Canada. <laughs> oh, I'd imagine. But, you know, our goal here as a club is to get the high school, you know, to get a high school program going. Well, I hope uh, I hope this works out for you guys and you get uh, good response. I mean, just the fact that you're getting so many kids uh, interested and as the Olympics, uh, you know, happen and you'll get more and more. Just the same way, you know, soccer grew that way, rugby has grown that way, uh, lacrosse, the more exposure, the more kids are getting interested in it. Sure. And the beautiful thing, like you mentioned, Rich, is that you don't have to be that, uh, you know, all-time athlete Anybody can get out there and do it exactly. and have some fun. Yep. Right. And like I said, it can be co-ed. It can be male teams. We're just, like I said, I'm just looking to get other schools involved. Because like I said, ideally, I'd love to see us get a Western New York League going here. So, But um, I really appreciate you guys having us on. So. Oh, my yeah, pleasure. Thank you very much. Marie Nowak, thank you very much for joining us. And, Rich, it's always great to see you. You're going to stick around a little bit late, later, Rich, when we get into some of our juicy topics for the day. All right. We're going to talk uh, to our Trench Trophy winner. The big congratulations to Tyler Dottie from St. Joe's headed to UB. We're going to talk to him at the other side of the break. You're listening to Inside High School Sports on WGR Sports Radio 550. We're back. Listening to Inside High School Sports. Sorry, I was reprimanding Roger during the break. That's why we call him our resident troublemaker. <laughs> uh, Anthony, we yes, have sir. to start off the segment. I was uh, kind of remiss. Uh, Monday, which would be December 10th, I believe already it's been the third anniversary since the passing of our buddy Daryl 
Milt Gustavo. Yeah, I think about him often. And, oh, uh, I think of especially when you start doing the tiebreakers oh, yeah. and all these other things. And uh, the fact that we have uh, the Trench Trophy recipient this year, Daryl was such an uh, important person on that. On that committee, yeah. Trophy committee and all that. I mean, he literally, you talk about do your homework. He did his homework and all that. And, uh, oh, he broke it down to that degree. He was un- Darryl, unbelievable. Daryl, I know you're listening upstairs there, and uh, we miss you. We miss you dearly. Yep, and uh, go Arizona State on behalf of uh, absolutely the Daryl. Fact, sun, I thought sun about Devils. Him. Yeah, the Sun Devils. I thought about him the other day because I saw a picture of Daryl LaMonica, and Daryl was named after Daryl LaMonica. Yep, he's D A R Y L E. Yep, not D A R R Y L as in Daryl Sittler, I believe. So right, it's named that way. Well, as uh, we mentioned, the Trench Trophy, and uh, they have announced their winner, and uh, Tyler Doty is our Trench Trophy winner from St. Joe's. Congratulations, Tyler. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, It's my pleasure. I think it was last summer, and uh, we were talking about this before the show, a video was posted of you. You were working with uh, Mouse McNally, uh, or he was working with with you guys, and I'm watching your technique, and I'm like, wow, there's a disciple of the mouse. It was perfect. You executed it. Uh, the things that he taught us when he spoke at our our clinic for uh, NASA, like man, he's got it down pat. And when the season started, I said Tyler's going to be the Trench Trophy winner, and we you know, we got into the discussion about this was going to be the year the linemen. Uh, how Tom, you mentioned how big the lines were going to, linemen this year. I mean, how many did we have over three hundred pounds? It's like half a dozen, a dozen. We had two on his team alone, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, uh, West Seneca had uh, you know had, had some big linemen. We had Orchard Park with some big linemen. We had some linemen that just came out of uh, or Louport. Joe Powers out of Louport, right. which was another one. Stephen Boyd of O'Hara. Yep, uh, the O'Hara. We had the the kid from uh, what was it? Uh, not Southwestern, uh, Maple Grove. Um, oh, Randolph. Randolph. I apologize. Down uh, down in the Southern Tier. I mean, it was a big year where um, to get on even just the top ten list for the Trench Trophy. It was a competition this year. Anthony, I, I have to I have to ask. Tyler, this. How old were you when you met Mouse McNally? Uh, I'm pretty sure I was in eighth grade. I went to his offensive D-line camp. Because the reason I'm asking, I mean, if he introduces himself and says, I used to be offensive guard for University of Buffalo, you must have taken one look at him and says, Dan, someone's pulling my leg. This guy could not have been a college lineman. I just want to emphasize that. Uh yeah, Mouse is what, like a buck twenty right now, maybe? Oh, well, he would easily be the smallest person in this room right now if he joined us and all that. And uh, that's why, Dad, they're giving me a hard time. He said this guy used to play college line. So that, I had to ask that question. First impression must be really something when you meet Mouse McNally. I love Mouse, and anytime I get to have a conversation with him, he lights up the room. There's no question about it. He gets your attention and a very colorful person. And, I mean, just a, a gem for uh, Western New York. And best, analogy, that- best analogy I could give you, you want to say a comparison? If you see the movie uh, Rudy, what Rudy did being on the, uh, what do you want, the scout team mm-hmm. and all those practices that and getting pushed around, that's what you might have guessed uh, would have been. You know, that's the difference in size between Mouse and Lineman in this day and here and age. you look at him, one of the most respected line coaches ever. 
in the National Football League. So, well, he's still an advisor for the Bengals, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you're probably right. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, you know, he helped out coach the Bills a couple of years. Just a tremendous guy, and you know, we were very fortunate to bring him out there. And he's done stuff with with the Trench Trophy Committee. He's a clinic at the Elks uh, for them. So, I mean, the fact that you were tutored by the best is uh, is amazing, right there. And you know, and I've talked about this so much. You know, you could have the fastest quarterback, the tallest wide receivers. If you don't have an offensive line, you're not going to win. Period. You have you have to, you know quarterbacks not going to have time to throw if there's nobody protecting them. So offensive line very important. I've always said games are won and lost in the trenches. Thus we have the trench trophy. And uh, as I said, you're the the recipient this year. You're coming out of St. Joe's, you're headed to UB. First of all, your thoughts on being nominated and then winning it. It was just an honor to be there. I was so happy that I even was in the room with all the 14 other guys. You know, I I couldn't be there without my coaches, family, and obviously Mouse. And, you know, I my team is great. I love my line. This year we probably the best year that I've ever had, you know. We were so close together. We just did every, we did so many things together as like a team. You know, Coach Landry tries to bring everybody together. He doesn't he doesn't care about like winning and lo- like he cares about it, but he doesn't care in the sense that he wants us to be together and unifying it as a team. Like he wants to bring the team aspect of football together. Togetherness, doesn't matter what race, anything like that. You're just a team. Obviously, you've put in a lot of work in, uh, in the off season, and which is another thing that I preach constantly and how important it is to get in the weight room and to train. How much time would you say you'd spend a week? I couldn't even tell you. I would say I was in the weight room at least, I think it was four days a week for maybe an hour and a half. So, And then we had um, on-field work, and then I, also, I obviously had other workouts with other coaches and stuff. So that's really what led to where I am now. I couldn't be anywhere without my parents taking me places and you know sacrifices and everything. So... It's obviously, obviously, you you don't mind putting in the work to do this. Oh, I love I love getting out there lifting. Lifting's so fun. I I could sit there all day and just bench press a hundred reps at a time. I, you know, it's just fun. Hundred reps. Wow. <laughs> we see this often with quarterbacks um, watching film. How much film did you watch? Do you spend a lot of time watching film and looking at technique of yourself and others? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say I looked at film on other teams before the games because I was just so confident in my skills that I would be able to beat them. But afterwards, I would always watch a little bit of film, critique myself, and every week just try to get better and better at what I did wrong with a certain play or a couple plays. Two of the biggest keys of playing offensive line is footwork and handwork. Uh, being able to set yourself, your first step is very important, and there's mental aspect that goes into that. You have to train your mind that way. And hand-to-hand combat now in today's uh, today's game, you have to be proficient at that. What are you things that you did or do to help you with footwork and hand uh, combat? So six days a week, I would be doing that. So I'd have football workouts on Monday, and I would lift, and then afterwards we'd do some footwork stuff, maybe a little bit of running, conditioning. Tuesday I would have lifts again, and same thing. And then Wednesday I would work with Scott Pilkey from ECC, uh, and we did pretty much just like 
hand delivery. That's pretty much all we worked on was mental things this year. It wasn't physical for me. Last year was all about physical development, and this year was all about my mental development. So that's pretty much every other day was with Scott Pilkey, and I was just working on my mental. What exactly do you mean by hand delivery? So last year I would throw both hands at once and just kind of if if I missed I was done. This year I switched to usually throwing my inside or outside hand depending on who I was going up against like speed rusher or not speed rusher, you know, depending on how far away he is. And also depending where the play is going. Right. Sometimes right. you have no trade. You got to come out with your left first because mm. you want to turn uh, turn the body and position him in a way that you're going to be able to seal him, especially if you're sweeping to uh, one side. Yeah. So it was just all about knowing what to do in certain situations. We went through, I would say, probably like 40 hours over the summer of just working on my mental and what what I need to do, when I need to do it, and just going through a bunch of scenarios at a time. As well as working with leverage, being able to keep your butt down, knees bent, hips bent, you know, and being in the right position. And I think that is the mental aspect that that, uh, that you work on. Now you're going to make the transition. You're going to go from playing high school football. Uh, you've been, uh, you're going to UB, and you mentioned before the uh, show that they're looking at you as a guard. How big of a transformation is that going to be going from tackle to guard? Well, tackle is something where you're kind of on an island by yourself. There's really nobody close to you because you're always going after the end, so he's outside of you, and you have to go away from everybody else. So guard's a little bit more of a scrappy position, which I've always loved getting into fights with people on the field like that. I love the contact, so I don't think it's going to be that big of a transition for me because I just love the contact. Would you consider yourself a mauler? Yeah, I, I love just getting up in somebody's face, and then after the play, they get mad at you because you, you, they're frustrated. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You beat them. You know, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Uh, what is what are some of the things that they they've told you at UB, and uh, what you know potential for you to start next year to compete for a starting job? So they said spring ball, I, I could possibly be starting if I don't redshirt. So. They just want me to come in in shape. Uh, I have to lose a couple pounds here, so I'm gonna be uh, dieting soon. But uh, other than that, I'm just that's gonna terrible news. I hate out. that yeah. word. <laughs> What's the ideal weight for a guard? At, at, you know, what are they looking so at? So they said I need to be under three ten. Well, you're not far away. You're no, three fifteen. No, that's only five pounds. Yeah. Maybe a taco less a week. <laughs> uh, your diet? Do you, uh, you know, are you really strict with what you eat? No, I. I kind of just eat whatever I want because I always, I'm hanging out with him. <laughs> I always work it off because I, you know, I don't ever miss a day of workouts usually. So. Roger, take you off for a garbage. Wait, plate. wait, Tony. Here's the better question, Dad. How much do you spend a week on his diet on food? I'm gonna be saving a lot of money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, it's well, Tom. Go ahead. Yeah. So, two questions I got for you. Okay, you played a really good schedule this year, right? Mm -hmm. So who would you say would be the one where you had to get up for to make sure you were ready to play that game because it was going to probably be one of your toughest challenges? Aquinas. Definitely Aquinas because yeah. at the time we played them, they were like fifth in the state, I think. And, you know, we went down there thinking like, wow, these guys are going to be pretty good. So, Was there a name that you had to go head-to-head -head with that you were looking at? No. I, it was I just really team in general? about them. Like. Everybody else was. I was just sitting there like calm, cool, and I think the thing that makes you good as an offensive lineman is you thinking that you're the best. You, you're you're going to be whoever's in front of you every play. 
Nice. So, and then on the flip side, so you got to play defensive line also. A little bit. Yeah. So, who was the offensive guy that said, "Hmm, man, he's good." I would probably say McQuaid was pretty good too. As a offensive line, they had a pretty good O line this year, I thought, but nothing that I thought we couldn't handle. It was a pretty close game up until the fourth quarter, and then we just kind of shut down. So, was there any individual lineman, either local or that you had, maybe who was the toughest to face that sticks out this year? Mm, the Bennett and he. Every time I would try to go up for a linebacker, he would grab onto my back, and I would just I would be pulling him and trying to get the linebacker. So, I mean, that was the hardest thing, I guess, was getting tackled, I guess. All right, I have to bring this up. And when I saw the highlight of this play, I jumped out of my seat. I could not believe uh, witnessing a 315-pound young man catching a touchdown pass. <laughs> Is this something that you guys worked in practice? And what was it like when they actually called the play? So it was the senior game, so we all knew there was going to be some kind of plays that we were going to make up uh, like across the week. So we did coach surprise you during the during the week and say, "All right, this is what yeah, we're going to do." He said, uh, "They call me Big Country, so <laughs> <laughs> they called it the Country Special." So <laughs> we started working on it probably Tuesday, and we worked on it probably two, three times, and it looked good. So we stopped. We worked on it the next day, like once or twice, and then. I was out Friday because I was a little sick, so I came to the game Saturday. I was feeling all right, and it was senior day, so we got all that stuff out of the way. And I can't—I think it was second quarter. I think we called it, and we were like two yards from the end zone. I can tell you, it didn't feel like two yards from the end zone when I was running, but um, I, I heard him um, say it's time, and I was like, okay, I know what's going on here, and. Uh, He's like, country special, we all lined up, and I rolled out, caught it, and that kid was coming at me, and I stiffed on him, and it was the best feeling I've ever had. It looked like you were a little bit off balance when when the ball got there, yeah. but you made a, uh, a nice adjustment to regain your uh, your position. And, and well, got first time ends. catching a football, and on the football field, you get a little nervous. You were know, your so. eyes popping like this, like in a cartoon? Whoa! Yeah. When you say two-yard line, you mean it was goal to goal? No, mm-hmm. like on their two-yard line. Right. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, what do you think? He went 98 yards? <laughs> well, no, I, well, no, he said the way he sounds. By the time he got down, running down, he had to run all the way down there to catch the pass. Well, he, he had to go from his tackle spot, and he had to go out uh, He had to go out wide and, you know, get, get out there. So it was a little bit of running, go from your tackle spot to the, you know, picture going to the corner of the end zone. Oh, gee, he had to run a little bit, and then he had to come all the way back to the huddle for the high fives and all that. It's a lot of work. Yeah, it's the, a cel- lot of work, the celebration Raj. was harder than he was the, saying. Uh, yeah. Oh my God, I shouldn't have had that last taco. I don't feel so good. <laughs> Tyler, I can't thank you so uh, enough for coming in, in studio. I know you have uh, your track stuff to do uh, today, and I just want to wish you all the best. And we're going to be rooting for you. Uh, horns up, go get them uh, next year, and uh, you know. And, Dad, keep us up to date as to what's going on. And I know you and Dan Savino will uh, constantly fill me in, and I appreciate that. And Dan can take us out to lunch now since you'll have extra money, so you don't have to beat Tyler. <laughs> All right, we'll take a break. We have one last segment of Inside High School Sports. Don't forget, Sabres are at 1 o'clock right here on WGR Sports Radio 550. We're back. One last segment of Inside High School Sports, thanks to the Dodies for stopping by, and also thanks to Marie Nowak from Buffalo Curling Club. And 
Uh, we brought Rich back, and we're going to get into talk a little uh, topic. It's something that all of us have been, uh, you know, behind the scenes talking about, and that's reaction to awards that's given. And man, Western New York—they're passionate people. You really, you know, you, you root on your friends, your players, and whatnot. But I think at times we we stop thinking, and we give the wrong reaction. Uh, Tom, you brought up a great point when we were talking about this, and that is people lose sight of the fact that uh, you have volunteers uh, on the Trench Trophy Committee, on the Connolly Cup, uh, you know, youth coaches. These are all ref- are, are all volunteers. They're, they're sacrificing their time to do something for uh, young men and women, and in my case, uh, kids. It's no fun when you hear parents heckle you from the stands, tell you you don't know what you're doing, things like that. Well, yeah, in my case, they're right, but it, <laughs> it's still not fun. And, 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 you know, my wife, she doesn't like going to the games because she doesn't want to hear it. You know, they, they you know, we have feelings, people have and you cross the line. And there was a lot of reaction on social media, a lot of negative reaction uh, to the Connolly Cup announcement. And I want to remind people that these guys are volunteers. They're in. Maybe it's the process they don't understand, which we try to spell out on here. And, and it's not just the one day when Dennis Sorrow was here. We, you know, leading up to it, uh, Raj and Tom and Francis both brought up what the criteria is, what the process is like. There's a cutoff date where they don't look at games anymore. So we had a lot of people that believed uh, Sean Dolak should have been the winner when Mike Riggleman actually was the winner from uh, uh, Pioneer. Mm-hmm. And congratulations to him by the way the reaction to it you guys want to address that yeah so listen here and and you just you just talked about the the people on the committee that's one thing to go after people on the committee the problem i have even more is that you're going after a high school kid and saying how he doesn't deserve an award right that's the problem really i have with i mean watching you know riggerman get beat up on social media uh, trying to say that he did not deserve an award is completely wrong to do. You want to talk about the positive about your athlete and and why they should be? I'm all for it. I can go for that, but not when you're t- when you're ridiculing a high school athlete in the process of doing it. Here's the deal: that everybody still out on social media does not realize. The voting for the Conley Cup was done the day after we were done at the stadium at New Era Stadium. So any game that happened at the Far West Regional, then the semifinals or the finals was not included in any voting or any statistics. The votes were already in before those games were played. Yeah, they were done. They were done. And so when when, when you're looking at what the Conley Cup was looking at, they are looking at a running back that ran for 2,100 yards with 100 tackles versus a quarterback that threw for 422 yards, ran for 1,442 yards, so a combo of just shy of 1,900 yards, and 110 tackles. They both have very similar statistics. I get it. Now you're going to look at competition. You're going to look at all those things. But you're talking about what Mike Riggerman did at Pioneer was unbelievable what he did for that school to put them on the map and did it against some big-time schools. 
Chitawaga was undefeated at the time when they both came in, and he played an unbelievable game where he ran over 200 yards against one of the top schools in the area. It happened. It's proven. Now, listen, do I think that we also need to, to look at Sean Dolak and what he's done? Absolutely. Absolutely. That kid's accomplished and amazing there. So I get why you're passionate about it. But be passionate about it in a positive way, not in a negative way against Mike, because Mike earned that just as much as anybody. Rich, we had this conversation uh, the other day, and you definitely had some thoughts on it. Yeah, I mean, here's my thing. First of all, uh, people have to keep in mind, a lot of people that, that, that you know, the, the Conley Cup crew and everybody else involved, uh, they're volunteers. I mean, they're going all over Western New York trying to watch all these kids play football. They're doing it on their own time, on their own dime. And, uh, you know, it's one thing to have an opinion. Uh, everybody's certainly entitled to it. But the, the problem I had is, is, is don't, don't criticize people that are giving up their own time and money to, to do something for the kids. I mean, it's, it's, it's supposed to be a positive thing. It's, it's, they recognize all the kids. It's not just the winner. All the kids were there for the awards. Certainly the kids that deserved to be there were there. And uh, like I said, I mean, everybody sees the game through different eyes. I can tell you, you know, if I watch my daughter play, I don't have a son, but I mean, you know, you ask me who the best player on the field is, I'm going to tell you it's my daughter, even if it's not. And I tell parents this all the time. People watch games through a different set of eyes. Um, if you're vested, if your heart's vested in your kid, which it should be, of course you're going to think your kid's deserving of every accolade, okay? So, again, the Conley Cup is made of people that, that don't have a, a vested interest, you know, in their heart, more or less. They're, they're a neutral party. And, like I said, emotions definitely play into it, and I get it. And, you know, you're supposed to think that, you know, kids from your school or your son or daughter's, uh, you know, amazing athlete, which that you should. But, again, everybody sees things through different eyes. So I just, I just want people to kind of... You know, kind of keep that in mind when, when you're, you know, you're, you're criticizing people for choosing an award. It's almost like being a politician. Every decision you make, you can't win. Someone's going to like it. Somebody's not going to like it. So, uh, you know, like I said, I, I, you know, whether I disagree or agree with the choice, I, you know, I would never, never attack anybody. I think all the kids were fantastic, and it's a tough decision to make. And, again, these are volunteer people hitting these small towns, driving all the way out to Randolph or Southwestern or wherever they're going to try to see as many kids play as they can and, uh, you know. Like I said, that's that's the issue I have with it. Rog. He used the P word. I was hoping the P word wouldn't come out, but uh, it came out politics and all that. But, you know, they uh, somebody made the comment, oh, it's all political. And the one comment that I, you know, that just totally burned my rear end, I'll try to use a language that Tony's acceptable with, uh, you know, it's time for a new committee. All right, who's going to be a new committee? These people like... He said it, they do it on their own nickel. Uh, politics, don't don't start me on politics about there. We could tell you about 10 years ago in politics when it comes to some of the other awards. So uh, the people out there, you owe Riggerman and the Connolly Cup Committee apology. I hope you have the decency to do it and not real secretly do it on the same venue that you put up all these false accusations. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us. Rich, Roger, Francis, Tom, thank you very much. Derek, thank you for producing. We'll talk to you next week with more Inside High School Sports.